Welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, UK Fantasy NFL Podcast. I'm Lewis. I'm Alex Brindle. And I'm Alex Sharples. Thanks for joining us. Week one's in the books then. Fantastic to have the NFL back. Uh, beautiful to see Scott Hansen and NFL Red Zone back on our screens. Oh, yes. Mm, so, we're better to start than looking at the players from week one, lads. Any players stick out to you for good or bad reasons this week? Uh, I'll, I'll chime in and say, obviously, you, you can't look past Thursday night and the first game. Obviously, Josh Allen and the Bills look great, but equally so, Stafford looked terrible. But the story is Allen Robinson and Cam Akers. Robinson with two targets, one reception for 12 yards. Uh, even though he was he was... He was on the field all the time, ninety-seven percent of snaps, which is is crazy. Yeah. And on the other side, Cam Akers, free attempt, zero yards. He was barely on the field. What? What? Who? Who are you more concerned about, Robinson or Akers? Uh, I'd say Akers for me. I mean, I can't I can't stress how bad he was. Like as you said, literally didn't do anything. Um, and I think the problem with him is at this point you can't trade him because you'll get nothing for him. So you have to bench him and, and pray either he improves or Daryl Henderson gets a knock. I think at least with Alan Robinson, if they make a concerted effort, we've seen what he's done in Chicago. We've seen what he does when he can put a full season together. I think he has a lot more upside, but yeah, really down on Cam Akers personally. Yeah, true. I mean, I agree because from Cam Akers, we haven't, haven't really seen it, whereas you have for Robinson. But then again, that's quite ironic because the argument for Robinson is, is he just past it now? Like, is this Alan Robinson? Yeah. He looked bad last year, so it's not a good yeah, time Lou, that he came I... out again and he didn't He didn't demand... Good wide receivers demand targets from the quarterback and he didn't demand any. Yeah, me and Lou, me, Lou, me and you were saying that, like... The thing about Alan Robinson is he looked really bad last year and they let Robert Woods go purposely to bring in Alan Robinson and... Like like you just said, Lou, he, he's clearly not demanding the targets, which is worrying. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on the topic of wide receivers, while we're talking on Robinson, um, the stud wide receivers went off this week in week one. Cooper oh, Cup, yeah. Devontae Adams, yeah. uh, Stefan Diggs, Michael Pittman, uh, Justin Jefferson, oh, yeah, 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 and Jamar Chase, who Jefferson and Chase are just so incredibly fun to watch, especially if you have them on your fantasy team, which I do in various leagues. Um, me too, me too. In our main league, I picked Jefferson with my number one pick and he looked incredible. They're just insane, absolutely insane. Any wide receivers stick out to you this week, Sharples? Uh, I really liked AJ Brown, uh, mainly because he is on my fantasy team, but I mean, 13 targets... Uh, 10 receptions, 155 yards. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's going to be an absolute target monster. And I think particularly with Jalen Hurts, he's not he's not going to sit in the pocket and scan the field and, and you know go to second options. He's going to look for A.J. Brown. And if he doesn't see him, he's going to start running. So bad news for Devonta Smith, but great news for A.J. Brown. And Yeah, Luke, yeah, just, just chime in before you say that, Luke, because I know you've got an opinion on these middle round guys. But yeah, it's like when... 
when I was drafting this year, especially mock drafting, there was a crop of wide receivers in those middle rounds that I loved taking. They were like Devonta Smith and Hunter Renfro and Robert Woods, and these guys did nothing. Uh, Lou, you mentioned something uh, that might be a reason why at least uh, Renfro and Smith didn't do anything this week. Yeah, I think that's because you're seeing teams, you know, uh, Miami with Tyreek Hill and the Raiders with Devontae Adams and then Philadelphia with AJ Brown. They've got they've they've got a new toy to throw the ball to. And you know, it was funny what you're saying, Sharples. It's like you love what you saw from AJ Brown because Jalen Hurts looked for him and if he couldn't find him then he just ran. And that's what happened because Devonta Smith laid a big old goose egg. Um yeah. you know so uh, you you hope that obviously that that trend isn't going to continue just you know for for these for these second string guys I don't think it's going to week one's always interesting you know you're going to show off your new pieces and stuff like that but um, running backs Saquon's back Saquon Barkley oh, yeah. is back in a big way oh yeah um, amazing he looked fantastic. Uh, and this isn't like the other years where he's had like a, an all right game, you know, since the injury. He's had an all right game, but he hasn't looked himself. He was breaking off some massive runs. He looked really fast. He looked really powerful. I'm saying he's back after week one, and I'm confident in that. Thoughts? Um, I'd have to agree. Um, 164 yards, six receptions for 30 yards, and a touchdown. He looked like his old self. Um, I think a, a, a good... Well, I'd say a good matchup, but I think it, I think Prime Saquon is relatively game script proof in that he's going to run and he's also going to be throwing the ball. Um, and yeah, he just looked like he had a, he had a spring in his step. So um, yeah, I think he's always got a big injury in the bag. But based on that, I, I, if 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 there's anyone you know who could potentially trade for him, I'd, I'd certainly be trading for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, Jonathan Taylor was Jonathan Taylor. Um, just insane. Um, very, very good game. Um, DeAndre Swift was fantastic. Swift was great. Um, um, that's all I'm going to say because I might mention him again a little bit later on. But just on running backs, what do we think of the off-season hype train? Damien Pierce couldn't get it going hmm. this week. Probably because Rex Burkhead was on the field for 71% of snaps. So this looks like the Rex Burkhead show to me. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Burkhead in a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't... Is it naivety? You know, these narratives that we build up in the off-season of, oh, this this rookie running back is going to be the next big thing and then the season starts and it's like oh no of course they're just going to lean on the more reliable guys who have done it before in the league so that's not to say things can't change in Houston but yeah Burkhead was the lead guy really mm-hmm. and just one more on that game is Matt Ryan good anymore? <laughs> yeah okay he brought him back from uh from a deficit, you know, I mean, we've seen with Russell Wilson and then with Matt Ryan that it's taken, you know, it's it might take a little bit of time from for the cogs to get turning on these new offenses, but but I think they will. I, think I don't Matt... think I don't think Matt Ryan did bring them back. I think 
watching the game that it got after after three quarters when they couldn't get anything going, especially in the red zone. They just thought, oh yeah, we'll give Jonathan Taylor the ball. How insanely annoyed was I on the weekend when they had like three attempts at the end zone and they didn't give it to Jonathan Taylor once. It's not rocket science. You've got the best running back in the league in your backfield. Get him to run it in from anywhere within the red zone. I heard that's because they wanted to specifically annoy um, fantasy football players. Of course. Um, I think, um, you know, maybe, you know, they don't want to be, you know, a one-trick pony. I mean, you know, if you play the Titans, you have to try and stop Derek Henry, and it's it's not as easy as, uh, you know, it's easier said than done, but maybe they're trying to come away from that a little bit and keep, you know, teams guessing in the red zone. True, true. I mean, listen, my... My enthusiasm with Matt Ryan sort of rests solely on Michael Pittman anyway, because he was great. So as long as as long as Matt Ryan can keep feeding Michael Pittman, that's fine. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, Mahomes and Josh Allen are the two best quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the league for a reason. They were both fantastic. You know, I mean, if you saw him, if you watched the games, they sort of just dominated. It was a, it was a joke. Mahomes especially. The game was over in the second quarter. Uh, between Kansas City and um, and Arizona, yeah, it's 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 always annoying to see that because I know that we three we preach about you know not taking an early quarterback. There's plenty of depth in that position, but when you see the likes of Mahomes and the Allenses go off like that when the second and third round picks, it is you, you do think, oh, that'd be lovely on my team. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, and then another quarterback who played very well that I'm not reading into at all is Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz can get lost. Don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me neither, me neither. And lads, lads, don't look now, but Kirk Cousins outscored Stafford, <laughs> Rogers, Brady and Wilson in week one. <laughs> well, uh, okay. I, nothing we can say to that because he did that this week, but let's, let's just see where we're at in week 17. I, I, to be fair, I did see a, a pig flying on Sunday as well. So, <laughs> um, And also, just to round it out with the the actual, you know, the players this week instead of the teams, I got a, I got a tweet from the NFL here that, um, that actually says, um, and this was on Sunday before the games, um, it says, this week uh, we have decided to challenge kickers more, so they will all be wearing blindfolds for the week one games. <laughs> Mm. So that's <laughs> that makes you know, a lot of sense. We actually, knew there was yeah. a reason why kickers were so poorly, and that's why we just didn't see the tweet. They were all wearing blindfolds this week. Right. Pl- um, plenty of stoink, plenty of stoinks. Yeah, plenty of stoinks. Um, give me your worst team of the week. Oh, I, I'm just gonna quickly go with the Packers. They looked mm. awful yeah. on offense. The secondary didn't show up. Yeah, Packers. Um, I'm uh, going to have to uh, say something which is going to cause some friction uh, with you two, but for me it was the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, the, you know, the, a combined points of Dak, Zeke and CeeDee Lamb, 15 points I think between them, uh, looked absolutely stagnant. Even before Dak Prescott went out with his thumb injury, um, yeah, I think I think I'd be worried if I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, um, the Packers and the Cowboys were two teams that I highlighted but also one of the first teams that I highlight were highlighted was um the Patriots. Are we are we worried about the Patriots? I mean I know it was against Miami and Miami are a pretty good team, but they didn't really look mint. I suppose 
my Packers pick was based on expectation. I expected the Patriots to look this bad, so yeah. Um, I so... think also the the offense looks bad, and then Mac Jones comes off with a a back injury. I, I don't know how serious it is, but I mean, you take a bad offense, and then you, you take away the quarterback, it looks even bleaker. Of course, of course. Um, I like to call this bit not buying it wins. What team won this week, but you're not buying it? Uh, I'd like to go first on this one. For me, it would be the Chicago Bears playing okay. uh, in the Atlantic Ocean against the 49ers. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if you saw the state of the pitch, but it was like, an, it was yeah. like a slip and slide. Sunday um, league pitch. Yeah, it was it was terrible. I, I, you know, I, I still maintain that the Bears are going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Um, they got a win, but I, I don't know how. I think it was more the 49ers with a bit of a slow start. Um, and yeah, I think terrible conditions contributed. So yeah, Bears for me. Yeah, absolutely. Al? Cool. Um, I've got a couple, but I'm sure I'm going to steal at least one of yours here, Lou, and so the Giants. Um, Brian Dayball looked like he was going to strangle Daniel Jones for a second in that game. Barkley played amazing, but apart from that, they cannot utilize any of their actual good wide receivers. Do not expect any consistent production out of Sterling Shepard for the season. And I think it says a lot more about the Titans than it does about the Giants. I think that might be one of their only road wins of the season. Yeah, I... I went for the Steelers just because of how they won it. They won it, what was it, um, a game-winning field goal uh, when the Bengals had turned the ball over five times to them and it still took an overtime game-winning field goal for the Steelers to win that game. I think I think that's an encouraging loss for the Bengals, really, because Joe Burrow isn't going to turn the ball over five times in a game. The Steelers have also just been weakened on the defensive side of the ball, which I'll talk about when we talk about the injuries. I just think, you know, Steelers fans will, will let you think, oh, it's a real ground and pound victory. I don't think it was. I think on another day, the Bengals would have absolutely trounced them. Um, and the wins that were actually impressive to us this week, uh, Sherpels, any teams come to mind? Uh, I'm, I mean, you talk of impressive wins. I think you have to go back to the opening day of the season. People potentially calling that the Super Bowl, and and if it is, then the Bills are going to absolutely crush it. They looked absolutely monstrous. I think you know potential Super Bowl hangover for the Rams didn't look at it. Stafford looked bad. We've already talked about Cam Akers and Allen Robinson, but you know the Bills just looked like they could they could do it all. Um, even Devin Singletary, who's a distinctly average back, you know looked good. Uh, and it's just a dynamic offense that I think is going to run a lot of people over this season. Al. The uh, Vikings, probably. They dominated the Packers, and it looks like they really did just completely shut down after the third quarter, even maybe after the second half. There were so many more points that the Vikings could have scored in this game if the Packers gave them even a little bit of pressure. So I like I like the Vikings a lot anyway this year, but I thought they came out and looked great. Yeah, I like the Vikings as well and the Bills. Uh, the Chiefs? looked fantastic like why wouldn't they look great um and you know what i mean i know i know you weren't buying it sharples but i put down the burrs because both those teams were playing on the same field and the burrs took control of the game and won it against a san francisco team that is consistently good every year so i thought the burrs looked okay 
Um, mm. But <laughs> Sharples update us on the bird watch. Oh, it was a big, big step for the Saints in the bird watch, the inaugural bird watch of the season. Um, Chart and the New Orleans Saints quest to become the first ever team in NFL history to beat all five bird mascot teams. Week one against the Falcons, they stumbled over the line in the end with a 27-26 win, but they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. What a comeback. Two touchdowns from the returning Mike Thomas. He's barely played in two seasons, but he's shown why he was the number one overall wide receiver three years ago. Good game for Jarvis Landry, seven receptions for 114 yards. I'd, I'd take a punt on him for waivers. Uh, and Jameis Winston managed to not throw an INT, which is always a cause for celebration. Um, I think you've got to be slightly concerned with Alvin Kamara's usage. Um, so I think fans who took him will be worried. Uh, I wouldn't look straight at him. Let's see what week two brings. But good step. Um, 1-0 for the Saints in the in the bird watch. And um, yeah, we'll pick back up again in week five when they play the Seahawks. Incredible by Could the Saints. Could you even call a 17-point fourth quarter a comeback when it's against the Falcons? That's just a regular game against the Falcons, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and just a few injuries after week one. A few notable ones, actually. Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, out multiple weeks with a hand injury. Jerry Jones will have you believe that he'll be playing in week five, but, you know... If the Cowboys know what's good for him, Dak has to be out until probably week eight because we saw Russell Wilson last year with a similar injury come back and he was not good. Um, Elijah Mitchell is going to be out a couple of months maybe with a knee injury. So it's just next man up in San Francisco. Keenan Allen had a hamstring strain. He's probably going to miss a couple of weeks, including this week's game against Kansas City, Thursday night game, I believe. Chris Godwin also tweaked a hamstring, but not yeah, as bad. That's a shame. Yeah. It's I'll... a shame because he looked really great. He looked really great. You obviously know I'm really high on Godwin this year. He looked fantastic. One positive that I have seen, weirdly, is that I saw a video of like a doctor or whatever on YouTube saying that it could actually give his knee a bit more rest so you know maybe not the worst thing in the world but rubbish that you're not going to have him for a few weeks because he looked really good and they clearly wanted to show him off that he looked quite good I think the first offensive play from the um the books in this game was a nice a nice throw to Godwin and a nice run yeah he did look good he looked explosive uh Najee Harris left the game with a foot injury Steelers running back but apparently that's all good I reckon he's probably going to play this week because who else have you got in the backfield? And the Steelers again, TJ Watt, superstar on the defensive end, might, might miss the entire season with a torn peck if he has to have surgery on it, which he, you know he probably will do. So that's a big loss for the Steelers' defence, who did look really good. But, I mean, you take TJ Watt, and they're still going to be solid, but they're not going to be... You know, they're not going to be league winners. You know, that Steelers defense keeps them in games like this week. So, and without TJ Watt, you sort of lose that a little bit. Right. We like accountability on this show. So, we're going to go over the guys who we told you to start last week. We'll start with mine. I said you should start Rashad Bateman, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. And you know what? He was okay. If you did, I mean, it doesn't look good on the box score. Two of five for 59 yards and one touchdown. Not incredible. 
but I'm not worried about you know I'm not worried about his usage going forward. He got he got he was looked at five times by Lamar Jackson, and he had a serviceable game. Uh, that that long touchdown to Bateman was easily my favourite moment of the weekend because I have shares of Rashad Bateman, and it was just pure relief when he caught that yeah. long touchdown. Yeah, so. You know what, he was okay. He was okay. Running back, I said to start Nick Chubb. This is this is where, especially if you're playing in a PPR league, this is where it gets annoying because Nick Chubb, he rushed for 141 yards from 22 attempts. That is incredible usage and, and, and incredible yardage. And he also caught a pass for two yards, which isn't great, but that's, you know, if you're in a PPR league, that's an extra point. But he's, he's an incredible runner, but... He just, I mean, that 141 yards turned out to be like an okay fantasy day for Nick Chubb. He was still a, he was still a decent start, but he wasn't winning you the week, uh, which is, you know, the story for Nick Chubb. Um, tight end, I said Pat Frymuth, and he was a solid player in terms of tight ends. Uh, five for 10, 75 yards, solid for a tight end. And... Derek Carr, I'll own this one. Derek Carr, 22-37, 295 yards, two touchdowns, but three interceptions. Not the best from Derek Carr, really. I think there's brighter things to come. So, I mean, in terms of my picks, I think I scraped through by the skin of my teeth. Um, All of them, besides Derek Carr, did eclipse the projection. So, I'm saying that's a win. (laughs) Al, what about yours? (laughs) Yeah, nice. Yeah, mine was just no one. No one completely went off, but no one did bad either. They were just all real middle of the road, apart from George Kittle, who obviously didn't play. Oops, sorry about that one. Yeah, um, I'll just I'll just preface. We we record this show on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, so I mean, obviously, if a player gets injured towards the weekend, we're not going to get that. Soz. But it is George Kittle, so I should have probably seen it coming. It is. It is George um, Brill. It's George Brill. Yeah. Hollywood Brown, he was fine. Fourteen point three fantasy points. He had four for forty three and one. But this team needs Hopkins back, uh, and uh, I don't know if Hollywood is going to have the ceiling until Hopkins comes back as maybe a bit of a distraction. Uh, Lamar was was good. 20 point, 22 fancy points, 213 yards in the air, three touchdowns. Only six rushes for 17 yards, though, which is a little bit worrying. Uh, don't want to buy into this narrative that he's not running in, until he gets a new contract, but um, those rush yards say that could be true. And Javante Williams looked great on a really poor night for the Broncos. Um Six point one yards of carry compared to Melvin Gordon's four point eight, which is that four point eight is actually good for Melvin Gordon as well. But Javante, he got peppered with targets as well. Eleven receptions for sixty five yards in this game compared to Gordon's two receptions. As I say, it was a miserable night for the Broncos, but Javante looked great. He looked really good, really encouraging. Sharples, run us through yours because I think I think you win this week. All in all. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we'll start with the with the with the safety blanket pick, the uh, the cold take that I got some abuse for. Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> uh, thirty one carries, one hundred and sixty one yards, and a touchdown. He was as monstrous as forecasted. But I mean, 
31 carries is just absolutely insane. Um, and so he smashed it. Um, the slightly more left field pick of Baker Mayfield, I was pretty happy with. Uh, 18 points, 235 yards, one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown, although I did forecast three, so slightly off on there. But, I mean, a good game. He's got a lot of quarterbacks that you drafted earlier. Mm. And if you're streaming a quarterback, um, he's against the Giants next week. I think I'd keep him in. Um, Gabe Davis, very happy with that. An efficient night. Um, only five targets, but he got four receptions and 88 yards and a touchdown. I think I'd like to see a few more targets from him going forward. I think uh, a little bit fortunate there that he did so well and caught that touchdown. But uh, as predicted, Dawson knocks absolutely nothing against Bobby Wagner. So, yeah, pretty happy with that. And then the slight below uh, expectation, TJ Hawkinson of the uh, Detroit Lions. Seven targets, which is promising, but... He only caught four of them and only for 38 yards. I think the game script was against him. Uh, Detroit was down by quite a lot for the bulk of the game, and so they were throwing it longer. Uh, so TJ uh, didn't quite get the niche in, in the short routes. But, yeah, o- overall, pr- pretty happy with these uh, with these picks. Well done, Sharples, for that week. So I think, I, obviously, George Kittle you can't foresee, but I think, I think this was an all right week, so keep listening to us. Not too <laughs> bad. Right. Let's move to waivers, shall we? Fantasy football waiver wire. Players who haven't been claimed by a fantasy team who are just chilling there on free agency. We're going to be looking at the players who on average are rostered on less than 40% of your leagues. So there's a chance that they're out there to get snatched up. Alex, give us yours. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones this week to pick up wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Nice first week of the season. Uh, him and off-season addition Amari Cooper, who everyone thought was going to be the wide receiver one, they were on the field the exact same amount. But Peoples Jones saw eleven targets, to which he turned into six receptions and sixty yards, compared to Amari Cooper's six targets for three receptions and seventeen yards. Plus Amari Cooper, he looked terrible. He looked awful in this game. And I, I I get that Brissett was throwing to him, but Brissett was also throwing to Donny Peeps J. And he clearly has the trust of Brissett too. Brissett was targeting him on what ended up being the game-winning drive. He's got a nice matchup against the Jets this next week. And we just saw Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman have nice games against them. So give me some... Give me some... Donovan Peoples-Jones next week off the waiver wire, please. And also, we've got Hayden Hurst tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is more of a streaming tight end one. I think he's going to be passable for the season, you'd hope. Eight targets, five receptions for 46 yards in week one. Uh, Uzama was really productive towards the end of last season for the Bengals, and especially in the playoffs, but he's left now, so that rolls there. And judging by week one, you could hopefully assume that Hurst has taken that role. T. Higgins might miss a game with this concussion, so that could bump up Hurst's value in the the immediate uh, games. But regardless of that, this offense is is really fast. They are no surprise. They're already number one in offensive snaps played. And, of course, Joe Burrow turned the ball over five times, but they're going to be passing a lot. Joe Burrow is a really good player. And despite the struggles last week, I think Hurst, who has shown to be a nice tight end in his times in Baltimore and Atlanta, could have a role every week. And I think this is a pretty good tight end to pick up if you want kind of a a safe floor, at least. 
Yeah, I, I like both of those. I mean, especially Donovan Peoples-Jones. You can't argue with 11 targets. Um, Sharples, who are you adding off, off the waiver wire? Uh, yeah, so I've got a couple as well. Uh, the first one's uh, not a very exciting one. It's a bit of a steady Eddie choice, but uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., the uh, running back from the San Francisco 49ers, and it's purely down to circumstance. Um, as we mentioned before, um, Elijah Mitchell is out until week nine at the earliest. Uh, and I think the problem I've often had with 49ers running backs in the past is that it's, it's always been like a lot of committee rooms. You never you never could really tell who the lead back was going to be. But now we know who it has to be, really. It's going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, you do have to worry about Debo Samuel um, pinching a few pinching a few rushes. but um, And I don't think he'll be spectacular. But I think he's a high-floor guy. I think if you need a, a steady running back to give you 10, 12 points each week, you know, potentially you've picked up Cam Akers and, and, and you're leaning off him. I, I think someone like Jeff Wilson Jr. would be a good pick up there for some stability in the running back room. And then a slightly more exciting pick, I've gone for Taysom Hill, who's the tight end for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Well, I I say, I say tight end, because is he a tight end? Is he a quarterback? Is he a running back? Who knows? He's He's an annoying man who takes points away from other people. Yeah, he is Inspector Gadget himself. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing, that that's that's the secret to his success because no other tight end has the potential uh, like Hill to both throw for and rush for uh, touch, uh, touchdowns. Um, he's a risk. Um, he's not going to have a 77-yard rushing touchdown every week like he did last week against the Falcons. He'll be boom bust. But I think if you didn't draft a premier tight end such as a Kelsey or an Andrews and you're staring down the barrel of your Gerald Everett's and your David and Joku's and even your Cole Komet, sorry, Lou, uh, I think if you... <laughs> You need a spark, you know, you can go for Taysom Hill, you gamble on the gadget plays, and for some weeks he might only have one reception and do nothing, but other weeks he might throw two touchdowns and suddenly you're getting 20 points from the tight end spot. So if you want an exciting pick, I think Taysom Hill this week. Exciting is debatable. I don't like the Gerald Everett slander. <laughs> he had a good week. Everett had a good week, but he's of that ilk. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the Jeff Wilson pick. I'm, you know... Not so hot on the Taysom Hill pick, but whatever. Um, I will go for Corey Davis, wide receiver for the Jets. Um, he was six for nine for seventy-seven yards. Uh, currently rostered in three, like around three percent of leagues. And you know, Corey Davis is a decent wide receiver, but probably the main reason I'm making this pick is Joe Flacco who's the quarterback at the Jets and will be for the next month, probably more. Uh, Joe Flacco's a very, very old man, and old men like their routines. He likes to snap the ball, (laughs) and he likes to throw it to Corey Davis, and he will be doing for the next month. Uh, I think Corey Davis is a fine player um, to pick up off the waiver wire. And Rex Burkhead, who we mentioned earlier on, running back for the Houston Texans, you know, I mean, all the off-season hype of Damian Pierce sort of dissipated when Burkhead had 14 carries for 40 yards. Pretty inefficient, but, you know, the workload was there, and he was also 5 of 8 in the passing game for 30 yards, so that's a bit better. But they were using him, they were utilising him in a close game, which tells you everything, really. Um, he's hardly rostered less than 20% of leagues, and I think, you know, if you're a bit of a if you're in a bit of a tight spot running back or at flex, you can stick him in and he could get you 10 to 12 points. I just want to also highlight a couple of other wide receivers, just get your, get your thoughts on them. Um, because there was a few wide receivers this week who who showed up really and 
led us led, led myself anyway going who who are you so Kyle Phillips wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans went six for nine for 66 yards what who's no, this no, man, these guys these guys with these really just FIFA default names no <laughs> not having it yeah um, speaking of six of nine Zay Jones also did that for the Jacksonville Jaguars for 65 yards. You know, these guys who are getting, you know, six this targets, like. they're, they're being, like they're being looked at. So yeah, they're, they're I, interesting, I think, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not a big Phillips fan purely because I think I want to stay away from the Tennessee Titans offense and, unless your name's Derek Henry. Um, but I think the I do think Traylon Burks look nice. Traylon Burks looks exciting, but rook, rookie wide receivers never do anything in their first game. Um, but I think, on the other hand, the Jaguars' offense, to be fair, they were spreading the ball around, looking quite good. And I do think uh, Zay Jones is someone uh, quite a noteworthy. I mean, nine targets, you can't argue with that. And I think he is someone to look out for. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, DeAndre Carter for the Chargers. What what was going on there? You know. W- Mike Williams, well disappointing, and you know Herbert was just finding finding his guy DeAndre Carter apparently. Um, also, there's, standard there's... Mike Williams disappearing act, mate. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, he is. He's a definition of boom bust. That man. He is but a magician. Without without Keenan Allen, um, you know, you never know. He might he might suddenly become a, a target monster, and and then in that case, you know, you need to you need to watch out. True. Uh, I just want to also highlight a couple of guys who had pretty big games that I am not buying whatsoever. So Dontrell Hilliard, another Titans player, uh, running back supposedly, he carried the ball two times for eight yards and caught the ball three times on four targets and had 61 yards and two touchdowns. Listen, (laughs) I'm not buying that. You know, five touches of the ball, obviously... You know, very efficient, but what do you think of Hilliard? No, no thanks. No, once again, he's not Derek Henry. I don't want him. And tight end, OJ Howard. Right, OJ Howard. Only two <laughs> targets. Both of those ended up with a touchdown. Uh, you know, real, real Cinderella story with Howard, released by the Bills, and then a week later he's scoring two touchdowns for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the thing is, I say I don't buy it because obviously you can't rely on every catch you make is going to be a touchdown. But he is new to the offense, and he could his usage could his usage could go up. I mean. Kyle Granson, who was the most targeted tight end of the Indianapolis Colts, was targeted seven times. But you know, I don't. I'm not expecting Howard to be a touchdown machine. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he's more included in the offense. What do you think? I think think that one's a definition of needing another week to uh, form an opinion on someone. Um, great game, but as you said, two. What was it? Two catches, two touchdowns. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent record. Yeah, I mean, great. It looks great, but yeah, give give, give us another week, and then and then we'll see. Um, but I mean, anytime you're being targeted in the end zone, it's a good sign. But yeah, I'm going to need another week on this one. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree on just wait and see. Another name that I just wanted to quickly mention on this wait and see category because all these these plays, there's context that you need. Jahan Dotson, the uh, rookie wideout for. 
The Commanders had a really nice game, uh, and I'm seeing a lot of people wanting to pick him up on the wave wise, which, you know, by all means, pick the guy up. Don't be plugging him in. Did he catch two touchdowns off three receptions? Mm, yeah. So, yeah, exciting stuff for a rookie, and obviously he looks like a really good player. I wouldn't be picking him up as if that's going to be the norm, though, obviously. Of course. Right. Week two starts. These are the guys we think you should start this week. Let's start with quarterback this week. Uh, Sharples, give us yours. Oh, if you're worried about cold takes, gentlemen, you don't need to worry about this week because this one is hot off the presses. For my quarterback this week, I've gone for Aaron Rodgers. Oh. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. He had an absolutely terrible game last week against the Vikings, although it could have been very different. Um, if Christian Watson uh, could catch a ball, but in 27 <laughs> games, in 27 games versus the Bears, Aaron Rodgers is 22 and five. He has 61 touchdowns for only 10 interceptions, and he's got six and a half thousand yards. As he said last year, he owns the Bears, and I think he still owns them. Uh, I think this is a great bounce-back game for the Packers. I think Rodgers is going to have the wide receivers, the rookie wide receivers, grilled and drilled, and they'll come out slinging. Um, but this is a big game. This is a, this is a definite litmus test for the to see what the drop-off is like without Devontae Adams. If Rodgers has another game and it's against this terrible Chicago Bears team, then I would definitely start to worry about him going forward. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he's one of those guys who it's like, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play that bad more than once in a season. Um yeah, he does own the Bears. Whenever people say that, I, I always get confused. I think, does that mean he actually has a stake in the Bears? No, he doesn't. doesn't have a stake in the Bears <laughs> franchise at all. Um, and, you know, a quick name to mention in terms of, like in relation to Aaron Rodgers, because the rookie wide receivers annoyed him so much, if Alan Lazard is active this week, I think, you know, I, I would smash him in my lineups because Rodgers is just going to feed him the ball. But I'll give us your quarterback. I'm going for Joey B, Joe Burrow, uh, bounce back game. Uh, even though he wasn't actually that bad, to be fair. He had 18 points last week uh, because he threw those 340 yards. So despite the five turnovers, he didn't kill you. Uh, but he's going against Dallas, who are uh, awful team all round. Defense looks okay. The Bengals' offensive line is only going to get better the more they play together, and I really think Burrow could be the QB one on the week. I think, unfortunately, as a Cowboys fan, I think the Bengals mm. tortures. Yeah, um, my quarterback is he's a guy who I'm sort of doubling down on a little bit just because it, it, a bit underwhelming. I'm going Russell Wilson, um, week one. It's in the past now. Nerves are in the past. You know, he was he was still serviceable as a fantasy option against the Seahawks, but he did disappoint a bit, especially for me. I thought he was going to smash, but he didn't really. Um, himself and the Broncos in general were very sloppy. Lots of penalties. Um, I, Troy Aikman on the commentary was talking about how it's you know partly to to do with the fact that this Broncos team just like didn't play any of the starters at all in preseason, so it was sort of like a preseason game for them. Um, and the sloppiness of preseason came with that. Um, you need you need weeks to develop a rapport between a new quarterback and you know and new wide receivers and new you know new teammates and a new head coach as well. But week one's in the books. 
him and the team aren't going to be as rusty and they get to play the Texans, he can truly torch them without the pressure it being his former team. Um, Houston also showed in week one that, you know, as bad as they are, they can probably still score some points. So I think that's a good excuse for Russell to just keep pounding them with touchdowns. Um, I think this is a game that Denver try and, you know, try and correct the course of the ship on and say, actually, look, we are a decent team. I don't think they have any trouble getting started in this game. I think Russ is going to flex his muscles. He is going to cook up this week. Sharples, give us your running back. Um, so I've gone for Daryl Henderson of the LA Rams. Uh, as we mentioned, he absolutely outshone Cam Akers in week one. Um, I think it's a favourable game script um, against the Falcons because I think the Rams will go up by a couple of touchdowns quite early and then that means they won't need to throw the ball they'll just be dishing it off to Henderson but he got five targets last week so if they need to throw the ball he can certainly catch it um, and whenever you're running back and you're catching targets that's just that's just great for um, padding the stats um, oh my only issue is that Sean McVay might try and uh, force feed Cam Akers to get him back into form but if it's anything last week it's if it's anything like last week, I think it's going to be the Daryl Henderson show. Um, he can do it on the ground, he can do it in the air, uh, and I think against the Falcons, he's uh, he's going to get some points. Nice. Al? DeAndre Swift, Lions, uh, I love him That's, that's year, a bit and... cold, really, I'll be honest with you, mate. That is a little bit cold. I've just, you know... Come on! It's like a br- When you said that, I felt I felt a breeze hit me in the face, but carry on. And I thought Sharples was talking. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yes. A swift breeze. Okay. Um, DeAndre Swift, 144 yards off 15 attempts in week one, which is crazy good. Three receptions for 31 yards too. Okay, Jamal Williams is going to vulture some touchdowns. But Swift was on the field double what Williams was, you know. Washington, who was playing, they gave up a big game to James Robinson and not a Good, but not a terrible game to Travis Etienne. So as long as there's no Chase Young, I think the Washington defense is one that you can target, and I will be targeting it. I think Swift has another great game, and all he needs to do is punch one in from the red zone, I believe, until that red zone work gets more like 50-50 split between them, and before you know it. I know that team loves Jamal Williams, but clearly Swift is not just the best running back on that team, he could be one of the best in the league come the end of the season. So you've got to, you've got to start giving him the work. Nice. I'm going to go Clyde Edwards alert. I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I've been a bit of a bit of a Clyde hater the past couple of seasons, but I did really like how he looked and how he was used in week one. I mean, I'm just picking. I'm just picking a bit of a. A bit of a theory out of thin area, but maybe Tyreek Hill leaving is what is, is what unlocks Clyde Edwards' allure in this offense. And, you know, I might have been too soon there, but he looked good, um, and I do think he is a good start this week. Chiefs play the Chargers, so we're expecting high scoring from this game. Clyde was really good running the ball in Week One. He averaged six yards per carry and he was also really efficient in the passing game scoring two touchdowns on three targets now Clyde's facing a defense this week that gave over five yards per carry to Josh Jacobs and they gave up a receiving touchdown to Brandon Bolden one of the running backs of the Raiders listen don't think too hard about it just close your eyes and start Clyde 
So, Luke, you, you're not thinking Clyde as like a, a trade-high candidate at the minute? Obviously, this, this first first few weeks, first month of the season, as I'm sure we'll get into on uh, an episode soon, is kind of a time where you try and capitalise on some hype, some players. You're not telling me that if I, if I was struggling at running back, you wouldn't try and offer me Clyde for like a, a T Higgins? Um, it's a hard one. Maybe maybe I'm too sentimental and I like the narrative of Clyde actually being good this year. Um, it, it all depends on what Clyde is to you. If Clyde Edwards Alert is a flex to you, then maybe, yeah, see if you can package him up in a trade. If Clyde Edwards Alert is like you're running back to, maybe keep hold of him and see what he can be, I guess. Sharples, what do you think? Um, in regards to Clyde, it's hard. I mean, if this was his rookie year, I remember he was going really high, you'd be thinking, oh, brilliant, and everyone would be jumping on him. But two years of uh, very average play. Uh, maybe you're right about uh, Tyreek Hill unlocking him, uh, but I think if I had the opportunity to trade him high, I would trade him high just because, yeah, uh, I've been hurt before. Yeah, if you... If- if you if you're nice if your team is nice and set at running back and you could do with some help elsewhere I'd I'd also consider packaging Clyde especially before he falls off a cliff so yeah true Sharples has been hurt before as well by multiple um, running backs um, yes Clyde Rizzo being one of them and another another fateful name was Miles Sanders who also looked pretty good but don't say his name. <laughs> um, Tight ends, Chapels, who are you having? Um, for tight end this week, uh, I have uh, Darren Waller from the Raiders um, going up against the Cardinals, who gave up 27 points to Travis, Travis Kelsey le- last week. Now, obviously, we can't just say that means Darren Waller is going to get 27 points, but I think it's a positive sign. I think the match is going to be a shootout. It's going to it's going to be high scoring. Um, I think Carr's going to be looking to bounce back and you know get get a few touchdowns to his name, and so I think Darren Waller can capitalise on that. He didn't have a bad week last week, about twelve points, but I think uh, this particular matchup um, gives him a lot of potential for growth, and I'll be looking for a big week from Darren Waller. Nice, Al. That was cold. That was just as cold as the Swift one. <laughs> no, well, he got twelve points. Yeah, Swift got and, like thirty. And, and Swift was going as like a top ten. Twelve tight end is like thirty. <sighs> okay, uh, I'm going Gerald Everett. Hence why I didn't like the Gerald Everett slander earlier on. <laughs> he had a nice. He had a nice game in week one, three for fifty four and one. It's looking like Keenan Allen's gonna going to miss at least next week if not a couple of weeks so I think Everett gets an expanded role in the offence um, and I think if he plays well he'll continue to have that role even when Eckler comes back Mike Williams he could go missing again as he's prone to doing so if you're after a pretty solid tight end with genuine upside I'd go for Everett especially in the game versus the Chiefs that should be really high scoring uh, I have grabbed him in a number of my leagues Nice. I'm going to triple down here on Cole Komet. He goosed us. He goosed <laughs> me this week. Um, he spat but, in your but, face. But listen, <laughs> but listen, the goose is out of the way now. And, you know, law of averages says that he's going to have an even better year now because he's going to score all these points in less weeks because he scored <laughs> none last week. <laughs> um, but in seriousness, just like last year, 
he was out there on so many of the offensive snaps. He was out there on 83% of the offensive snaps. Only Mooney and Fields, only the wide receiver one and the quarterback and the guys on the offensive line bettered that snap count. I don't think that's going to change at all as well. And obviously, he's very good in pass protection, which is why they like having him on the field. I mean, this past week, when he wasn't blocking, he was covered by Fred Warner, who's a great piece on that San Francisco defense. And it was hammering it down in the middle of the Atlantic, as Sharples pointed out. So it's a miracle that there was any pass completions at all. I'm I'm not worried about Komet. Um, I think he's going to be a good player this week. And, you know... It takes a lot for a player to score zero and for you to forgive them right away, but I honestly do think a lot of it this past week was out of Komet's hands, literally, quite literally out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, wide receivers, Sharples. Um, yep, so this week I'm going to go for uh, Amon Ra St. Brown uh, of the Detroit Lions. Um I was watching the Commanders-Jags game highlights and the Commanders seem to give up a lot of points to Jaguars wide receivers. Christian Kirk had a good week, uh, as did Zay Jones. And, and even Marvin Jones had, had a good little week as well. So I think there's definitely uh, potential for some points there. And to me, Amon Rasain Brown looks like the uh, the target monster for the Detroit Lions. He had 12 targets, 8 receptions, 65 yards and a touchdown last week. Um, so I think he's got the talent and I think this is a good matchup. So Amon Rasain Brown for me this week. Nice. Al? Uh, going Darnell Mooney for the Burrs. So Lou, one of me and you, one of me and you is gonna be wrong because I do not project the Burrs to win this game or even score that many points. So Komet is gonna have a bad game or Mooney's gonna have a bad game. I don't think they're both gonna play well. Oh, both but I'm going bad. Mooney. <laughs> I I don't think so, man. I don't think so because Mooney, uh, he had a bad week one. Yeah, sure, but obviously that game was stupid. Uh. Just get a roof. Get a roof, you know what I mean? If you're spending that much in your stadium, just put a roof on it. It can be retractable if you want the sun, but just put a roof on. Um, that being said, though, Fields, despite the game, he looked confident. I thought Fields looked great, uh, and he's on the same page as his players. Mooney, 1,000 yards last year, 81 receptions. Look, chalk that game down to just the weather, I'd say, because he's the number one guy for the Burrs. He's really good as well. He's really good. And we just saw Jefferson have a huge game against the Packers. Uh, I'm not expecting the Burrs to beat the Packers. I think the Packers do win, and I think Rodgers probably goes off. But that Packers secondary hasn't turned up yet this season, so I'm expecting Mooney to exploit it. Not to the extent that Jefferson did, but I think he has a really nice game. I'm going Terry McLaurin. Listen, it's a battle of the bums at QB. Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff. (laughs) Um, it's the bum bowl. <laughs> is, that not just, is that not just a toilet? <laughs> yeah, but everyone says toilet bowl, so bum bowl I'm going with. Um, listen, McLaurin, he's an elite wide receiver. He's great. Um, he was slightly underutilised in week one despite the touchdown, um, and he did have a passable fantasy score, but Terry McLaurin can do more for this offence, and I think that changes in week two. He's he's the best wide receiver. Jahan Dotson looks good, but Terry McLaurin is the best wide receiver. He's the guy, and he was paid like that this offseason. Um, I think the commanders will correct that usage for McLaurin this week, as I said, and 
in an even more competitive game against Detroit, who who can score and can score more points than the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, and Detroit just got torched by AJ Brown and McLaurin, I would argue, is just as talented a receiver as that. So, I think Washington need McLaurin this week, and I would confidently play him despite his bum, bum, big bum quarterback Carson Wentz. How mad is it that um, Goff and Wentz went one and two uh, in the same draft and we're talking about them like this? (laughs) The battle of the bums. Can't believe it. Kind of been a good good year for quarterback. So week two is coming up already. It's crept up on us. Some games we're looking forward to this week, guys. I mean, for me, Chargers-Chiefs Thursday night game on at quarter past one. Friday morning for us. I think that's going to be a good one. Um, Vikings, Eagles, re- two really exciting teams this year. And it's one of two Monday night games. Uh, this one's on at half past one, Tuesday morning. Um, but yeah, any games that we're looking forward to this week? I think the Ravens and Dolphins is going to be interesting. Yeah, I like uh, Raiders Cardinals, I think, in, in that upper echelon games as well. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, Saints Buccaneers is probably going to be be really competitive, as is weirdly just after the Broncos game. As might be the Forty Niners and Seahawks. To be fair, that could actually be a really competitive game too. Uh, closing my eyes every time Giants Panthers comes on red zone. I'm not. I'm not. Not going to lie. I'm not just not watching it. I'm. I'm actively going to leave the room when that game comes on. <laughs> I'm not because I would like to see Saquon Barkley tear the field up once again because he's going to. Um, the Sunday night game this week is the Bears at the Packers at twenty past one, and the other. Monday night game is the Titans at the Bills at quarter past midnight on Tuesday morning and that's been a weird fixture over the past few years because every time it looks like the Bills are going to trounce them and the Titans end up winning like so that could be an interesting game any closing thoughts guys uh yeah for me I think um you know we're looking at waivers now and I think the one thing to remember for wide receivers look for the targets not the points yeah I'd I'd concur that, and I would also say potentially start looking at other teams for players that aren't necessarily playing too well, but who you like, who you think are going to have a good year, who you want to trade for. Maybe your league member is a bit clueless. Maybe you can. A couple of them in my leagues, I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, maybe you can trick them into giving you Tyreek Hill for Damien Pierce. See how people's see how people's rosters are shaping up. Someone might be doing awful at running back or awful at wide receiver, and you've got surplus at that position. So just maybe don't jump into anything, but monitor it this week. Right, great, nice one, guys. A uh, couple of nice points there, and that'll that'll round us out today. Enjoy week two. Enjoy the bum bowl. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.